This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Yep, we made it in all in one piece. I mean, it's a little awkward because Lee and Braun are like huddling together like they would back in, in the Jersey days. But it's all good because here we are for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. It is indeed the opening kickoff. Are you kidding me? Michael and I are used to We We can handle any kind of weather. Yeah, Shervanian rolled in like Pat McAfee in a tank top and hooping and hollering like it was I brought the out good the old heavy, days. I brought out the heavy artillery, the let's say the, the most comforting ski jacket i possess back in the days of vermont and new hampshire when i used to have to go out skiing with my uh, mom so i really dug deep into the closet uh as you you know you too you, michael you got you got your little headband on there you got your little cap kind of like i wear every day headband ah uh, cap more like a uh, skull cap sure all right, we can buy into that. Why not? Boy, we had a lot of chippiness last night in basketball. I, I'm t- I don't know. Maybe it's the weather. I don't know. I know you guys want to talk about the Alabama game and another win. Uh, beat Missouri, so they're 4-0. Uh, leading the SEC right now with Auburn playing Vanderbilt tonight. But there was some chippiness. And somehow Nate Oates was able to avoid a technical or even get tossed. Don't you get tossed if you put a hand on another player? At the very least, it's a technical. Potentially, you just get tossed. It, there's just – you can't – first of all, it's more on the officials than anything. You cannot put your hands on an opposing player, period, end of discussion. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what position you hold on the bench. You can't do it. It's really on the officials. So how did he get away it. with it? I, I don't know. There are two officials right there. Now – I, the only thing I can I can I can imagine is that it was clear that Nate Oates was trying to get him away from the Alabama bench. Either way, he can't do it because the referee even kind of jumped in on Nate there. Uh, he was very fortunate. Uh, I know the Missouri coach was talking about the fact that it should have been a technical. I know Nate Oates apologized the first thing out of his mouth out of the post game press conference, but. I don't know what was going on with the SEC officials in that one. Alabama was very fortunate. He should have been teed up. Well, maybe if they had the officials that called the NC State-Wake Forest game, he would have been tossed. That was a real Donnybrook when it comes to uh, uh, altercations and fouls. There were, let's see, 50 fouls, 61 free throws. The NC State coach was tossed. Mark, you got to look at video on this one. The NC State coach was tossed in the first half. At the end of the game, there were ejections, and I believe there was an incident where a Wake Forest player, or maybe, no, it was an NC State player, was called for a foul, even though he wasn't involved, because two Wake Forest players collided, yeah. and they called the nice. foul on NC State. And then after, right as the game was ending, one of the uh, NC State players gave the official the bird. When his back was turned. So there was some crazy stuff going on last night. What's in the point college. doing it behind his back? He can't see it if you do it behind his back. Apparently others saw it. Oh. 
he didn't get whistled. He didn't call. But there were, let's see. I And I've done games like that. It's just very frustrating when you have games where you have like 61 free throws in the game because there is no rhythm to the game. All you're doing is saying, well, so-and-so's back at the line. So-and-so's back at the line. Another foul being called. But apparently the officials had a tough time with the two teams because it was just getting out of hand. Now, the Alabama game, I didn't count to see how many fouls were called and so forth. But apparently... Like the previous Alabama game, it was very chippy. And, Michael, what's going on up there? Oh, I mean, you know, they won. <laughs> I know they won, but, I mean, that's two games in a row now where a lot of yeah, there was another. There was a separate. There was a separate double technical, too. Uh, I don't know. They. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a trend or if these are two separate incidents. Or I guess three, because there was a double technical in the last game, and then the Estrada incident was he the, involved in any of this? Because he's a New Jersey kid. Well, Estrada was involved in the incident that led to the Oats push. Uh, so I, I, I guess so. Yeah, this is Estrada's fourth or fifth school. Estrada played really well last night, by the way. So did uh, Ryland Griffin. R- Ryland Griffin on a night that Mark Sears w- uh, had tweaked a knee. So scary moment there, huh? When Sears. Uh yeah, I think he's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I think but he is. We'll see what happens. They got Tennessee on Saturday. You see where the Tennessee kid burned the nets for 39? As a Kinnick, I think his name is. He's had back-to-back 30-plus games. He had 39 points. And yesterday I was watching some of their win over Florida. Guy was unbelievable. They couldn't stop him. Uh, the uh, Kalen DeBoer was at the game. He's doing something now that I used to praise Nick Saban for. And that's bringing in former head coaches day ago he hired Kane Womack and Kane's going to be his defensive coordinator so yesterday he brings in the Buffalo uh, head coach uh, Lindquist to be I guess defensive backfield coach I saw somewhere too was he going to be co-defensive coordinator and I don't know how that works I really don't when you have two I saw that too and I raised yeah. an eyebrow about Man, did Kane know this before he he took the job? Because, uh, 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 but I haven't seen that in every report I've seen. So I I don't know if that's I I feel like that's just kind of like a a title they threw his way. I think it's a title. From what I've been told, Mark, that sometimes they they give these fancy titles to get them more money. Yeah. But it's not really, it's not really in print that. You know, you're going to, you know, you're the you're the defense coordinator. I don't see how that could work. I really can't. I can't see in meetings sitting there and saying, okay, I'm going to call this. No, you call this. I, I, I've never been able to understand that, and I'd have to have a coach really play it out for me. But Kane goes in. So basically what Joel Erdman is doing now, now the Buffalo coach, uh, AD, has to do is go out and find another coach to replace his. But you remember Saban, and I used to praise him for this. He, he had – He's not intimidated by bringing or wasn't intimidated by bringing in former head coaches. He, he wanted to add experience to the staff. And that was always my issue with Gus Malzone when he was at uh, Auburn. He'd always have hired guys that had no experience or roughly very little experience, whereas Nick used to bring in many former head coaches and, and who maybe were down and out or looking to get back in. And, you know, he re, they rehabbed in the Alabama program and went on to uh, other programs. Yeah, he certainly uh, got an idea of what he wants to do because uh, it, it seems like that plan is being executed at a pretty uh, efficient rate here, which is uh, go uh, go get the best of the best of the non-power fives and bring them all together. So, so far, it, 
And, and he was well received in Tuscaloosa. They loved him. So uh, if you if you saw that video, um, so so far things are going well. Well, you're always well received till you play that first game, yeah. and then we'll see what happens after that. Jim Harbaugh back in the news, interviewed by the Falcons. So the Falcons have interviewed Belichick and Harbaugh. But here's the other story that's coming out now. Apparently, the negotiations between Harbaugh and Michigan have taken kind of a rocky road. He, in his contract, wants it to be written that the athletic director cannot fire him with cause. As you know, you got the sign stealing, you got the other investigation. So Harbaugh wants it written that if something detrimental to Michigan cause for firing he wants to go before an arbitration panel he wants the power removed from the athletic director i i guess good if he can get it the the question i would have if i'm anybody on the michigan side of the table is why that's jim harbaugh yeah to try to figure him out very difficult all right the other big story we we really need to talk about pete carmichael was fired yesterday well back up on this if, if you had your choice, would you rather see Carmichael stay and Dennis Allen go? Yes. Okay. I thought the same thing. You know, really, when you look back at Carmichael, he's the longest active or was the longest active offensive coordinator, 18 years. 14 of those, the Saints offense was in the top 10 in various categories. Granted, they were a little bit outside the top 10 this year. He was working with a new quarterback and so forth. I don't know. I know when we've had Ross Jackson on, and you, and you guys have discussed this, that you know there were issues that they didn't do this, they didn't do that. Now they not only fired him, they they fired Cody Burns. Remember him when he was at I Auburn, do. and then another coach moved on with the Giants. So basically, they kind of fired coaches on the offensive side of the football. I'm not I'm not telling Loomis or whoever you know you did right, you did wrong. I just don't know enough about that. But to me. When you look at the overall record, you know, Dennis Allen's record, the fact that he stays and Carmichael goes is a little surprising to me. Well, we've talked about this in other instances. First of all, I'm not excited anybody loses their job. I am excited by the fact that the Saints recognize that change needs to be made. Now, whether or not they made the right change is up for debate. I think Carmichael does get the benefit uh, of the Breeze and Sean Payton years. I mean, Sean Payton was the offensive coordinator. Uh, that's not to take anything away from Carmichael, but uh, to your point, I, this is the first step in the action plan against Dennis Allen, right? Every time there's issues, the first step in any franchise or program is make your changes, fix it, and then the following year, if it's not fixed, it's usually the head coach that's out. So this is stage one. They're playing the uh, – they're using the playbook play-by-play here, and uh, we'll see how they can turn this around, if they can turn it around. But, yeah, changes certainly need to be made. Uh, this was not – this team had too much talent on it to be, you know, a 500-ball club. And let's face it, in that division, it doesn't take much to turn it around. I mean, what, they were 9-8. and eight, They were tied with Tampa for the top record. So a win here, and they're in the playoffs, and Tampa isn't. So it, it's not that steep a climb. No, and, and that's the frustrating part for, I think, Saints fans is here's a, here's a team that could have very easily been in the playoffs, and we talked about going into the playoffs that that NFC South rep had a really good chance uh, against a, a struggling Philadelphia Eagles team, 
and that you could wind up making a run and wind up getting to the second. And, and that's exactly what happened. Tampa uh, took care of business. That could have easily been the Saints uh, had they gotten the, had they gotten their stuff together during the regular season. Mike Tomlin, by the way, uh, is going to stay for another year. He told the Steelers he still had a year remaining. He had walked out on the uh, press conference after the loss uh, this well, Monday, when they asked him about his status as a coach, and he walked out. Why? I don't know. I, I don't get that. I, You know, he's he's a veteran. He's been around a long time. I'm sure he's fielded worse questions than that. Somebody, and, and it's, a, it's a fair question. You know, after the loss, are you going to stick around? And he, he walked away from it. I, I don't buy into that. All he had to do is say, it's, I'll give it consideration. I'm still thinking about it. Simple as that. I mean, I, yes. I disagree. I... You disagree but, with what? Well, why why ask that question right then? I you know because it's a fair question. It's the same thing with Harbaugh. We when we talked about Jim Harbaugh about you know all that was going on and, and we had guests on and you didn't disagree with that that you'd ask that question during all that was going on. It's a fair question. No, I did. He, I he did. doesn't ha- he doesn't have to answer it and it's a very easy answer. Well, he didn't. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, he did. He didn't answer. No, it. No. You, but it's a f- you give a response so you say well. I, I, I'm, you know, I, let's t- move on to another subject. You don't walk away, though. You just don't ignore and just walk away. Why? Why is that? Why is walking away so much worse than rude. saying, ah, well, you know, let's? It's rude. Who cares? Why? Why are Why are these coaches obligated to answer questions? Then from why the have media? a press conference after the game? Why Why do that then? Because they get fined if they don't go. He well, answered the questions, and then he heard one he didn't want to answer. He walked away. Who cares? I mean, he has a year left on his contract. He's never had a losing record. He made the playoffs. So where Where's he going to go? He's not taking a college job. He said adamantly in the past he's not going to take a college job. Why Why, you why know, even ask let, him? Let me ask, tell you, Michael, when they make that kind of money, is it asking too much to stay there and just like answer the question any way you want, say I'm I'm gonna have to. It's not a proper time to ask it or something like that, and just you know a- a answer something and then walk away. These guys are getting millions of dollars. Okay, it's part of the job. It goes with the territory. I think walking away was an answer in itself. I liked it. I'm pro Lee on this one. I'm Team Shervanian on this one. Right. I I think I think that was one of the only questions anybody really had for Tomlin at that point, and it's a lot like the Harbaugh situation. Would it have been a, a more legitimate question, or more, or, or or would it not have been a good question to Harbaugh had they lost in, in the championship or at any point? Uh, I think you have to remove emotion from it. I think the reason, if we only asked coaches the questions they wanted to be asked. Then it would turn into a PR session, Michael. It's, and this is this has always been the knock I've had about Saban's press conferences. You can't now. It's it's it was a little different there at the end, but if you asked a question that was counter to what Nick Saban wanted to hear, uh, the SID got all huffy and puffy at you, and, and you didn't get the access right. They had they always tried to control the narrative. He's a scary dude too. Yeah, but my point is, is you can't let the organization or the coach dictate the narrative you got to let the, the the folks ask their questions and you've got to 
to at least point, you've got to sit up there and take your medicine. Look, when you're given the job as a head coach, you know what goes with the territory. You're not exactly a coach. You are a PR person. You're there to speak. You're the face of the organization. If you don't want that, fine. Stay a coordinator. Stay an assistant coach. Let them do the – if you want to be strictly a coach, don't be a head coach. I'll tell you guys, one of my favorite moments doing Senior Bowl shows was getting Mike Tomlin on. And I'll tell you why. Uh, you remember Isaac? I do. Isaac was running the board, and you know, I don't know if he still is, but he was a staunch Steeler fan. Yes. He just loved and you know, lived and died for the Steelers. So when Mike Tomlin was down there at Senior Bowl headquarters, I was able to have him come on and, and let Isaac talk to him. He, he was, I became Isaac's best friend, at least that day. Not, least that not, day. Not so I made a great day. point. Belichick says less with answers than Tomlin. That's what I mean. Gen- but he generally gets, like, it's become a punchline. Belichick's press conference were, were jokes. Like, people went after him at the initially about how ridiculous it is, and now they just laughed at him for it. Yeah. But at least he answered the questions. They, they weren't legit answers, but at least he stood up there and took it. He didn't walk off like some, you know, petulant little child who just got, who just got beat. I'm going to take my ball and go home. When we come back, I want to uh, add to this because a, a question was brought up, and obviously the reporter didn't have enough knowledge, but... The head coach did not blow the person off and make fun of them or walk away. So that's in keeping with what we're talking about, guys. All right. uh, Darnell Archie's going to join us at 630. Rodney Orr, Totter Insider at 7 o'clock. The athletic director at South Alabama, Joel Erdman, going to get with us at 730. Chris Stewart, he had a front row seat to the shoving match last night. So we'll get to that with him. And Eric at home on my Saints. And how they're going to hire Lane Kiffin as the offensive coordinator. No, John Gruden. Uh, oh, God, no. Yeah, that's what I think, oh, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, so here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. It's a little nippy out. Stay with us. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. <laughs> here welcome back in the opening kickoff just kind of getting started here on a brisk wednesday morning uh since we were talking about coaches being interviewed and again i hold head coaches to a higher standard you know you get paid big bucks that's part of the job i'm sorry but that's part of the job there are things here that maybe mark that you don't let's say, like doing as much as being on the air, but it's part of the job. And I've worked with people here who sometimes think that the only thing they're here for is just to talk, yet they're supposed to do other things, and it usually backfires on them. So getting into the uh, interview, there was a question posed, and this was brought out on the uh, show leading, well, leading into ours, actually the overnight show, where Todd Bowles uh, was asked by a reporter uh, who, after the uh, the win for Tampa over uh, Philadelphia, said, are you concerned about the weather, you know, the cold weather up in Detroit, how it's going to affect the team? Well, she wasn't thinking ahead that they're playing in a dome, but Todd Bowles was very gracious about it. He didn't say, what are you talking about? We're, we're going to a dome. No, he was, you know, he matter-of-factly corrected in a nice way and said, well, they're indoors, so we're not going to be outside that much. And did not become a jerk in answering, you know, that question. Well, he kind of started off as a jerk. He was like, yeah, he had a little chuckle. 
you no, know, we he, are playing in a in a dome. Well, right? he corrected in a sense, to, and I understand that, but he didn't come across like, don't you know we're playing in a dome? You know, to accuse her of not knowing her information. Well, she, she should have known that. Well, sometimes, you know, sometimes Michael, they send out news reporters to cover sports these days, so. Uh, you know, I she maybe wasn't well versed on other stadiums and things like that. I'm not defending her. I don't even know who it was. It was a female reporter. Sometimes, you know, in this day and age, limited manpower. Uh, as you watch the news, you've got newsmen doing sports these days. You've that's got the, news and, people and, doing and, weather. May I say, in some cases, that's like the worst. That would be like me. That'd be like me asking me to come on and talk about politics or whatever. It's just, it's so awkward, especially from when they're reading from a script because. Uh, local news folks do a really good job of reading teleprompters like they're not reading it, except they can't when they're lib. reading sports. Yeah, they can't add lib. It's it's uh, it's it's really brutal. So but not- but to your point, if it was a news reporter, and it sounds like it was, why ask a question at all? Like just just. Just get the ask a question audio. to ask a question, and why ask about the stadium or not verify the fact that the stadium is inside? I I don't know be that not, that one bothered Michael. Me. Be nice. I mean, no, it's early. I'm, I, I'm not nice. gonna I'm not gonna be nice. Yeah, be nice. That. That, that is one of the try, more ridiculous questions try, ever asked. Try a, a try a little kindness. No, the question maybe was, but I'm just saying the coach stood his ground and answered it and didn't put the girl. Well, I think down. the difference between the two the two instances though is Tomlin felt like. Whether it was legit or not, felt like he was being directly attacked. Like his, you're you're asking a dumb question about the stadium. I'm more likely. I'm I'm still Team Trevanian on this. I'm more likely Could you to get answer. That on tape? Did you get that on tape? I, I, just, I would. Uh, <laughs> you think the computers work around here that we can no, record that? No, they actually I'm just. I'm more likely crack. to answer a dumb question from Bronner about something that makes him look bad than I am about him asking me a direct question about my future in a very emotional now, state. I, I mean, I'm just more likely to answer that. Question. Haven't you though, seriously? And I know I have. I can't remember per se, but I'm, I'm sure I've asked dumb questions in what 50 years. Sure. Of yeah, interviews? I think there were a few yesterday, actually. Which one? <laughs> uh, we're going to break. I don't have time to there'll, list them. All. Michael, did you ever know that a coach threw me out of a locker room? Out of a locker room? Yeah, after I asked a question. Well, he, I'll look forward to hearing that. Yeah, this he, one. he threw me out. Hey, Darnell Archie's next. Stay with us. kickoff on this Wednesday edition. Thanks for making us part of your morning. All right, let's talk some basketball. I Nope, we're still working on it. We will talk some basketball. We have been talking basketball. And we'll continue to do so. I, past, present, and future. But let me say this to our present listeners. Present participle. Plenty of football <laughs> coming up uh, in the 7 o'clock hour with Rodney Orr, the, the new coaching staff at Alabama, and also, um, you know, the players that are coming and going and what it means for the uh, Crimson Tide. And then Dr. Joel Erdman uh, will give us eh, as much as he can go with on the coaching search to replace Kane Womack. And we'll get some thoughts on that. And then Chris Stewart. Chris is going to be only about the game last night, but we do want to congratulate Chris and also Craig Stevenson. They have uh, each been accorded great honors. Uh, Chris is the Alabama sportscaster of the year. And Craig, 
who is a uh, frequent guest of ours, is the Sports Writer of the Year. Congratulations yep. to cool. both of them. It really is. Uh, also, today you will have a chance to get qualified for the Fran uh, Francia's Formal Affairs uh, Tales Giveaway. That's right. When you hear the sound, it'll be the first one to call Bronner at 694-1055. And you can be up for uh, that gi uh, giveaway. It's non-transferable. Hugely popular. We do it every year, so thanks to Linda and the folks over there for making that possible. We'll do that. We'll do some uh, your daily dose of fried deliciousness um, as well, so be uh, be listening for that. In the meantime, uh, we can talk to you, 694-1055, if you, uh, you want to jump in. Nate Oates. Someone said he didn't really shove the player. He just kind of directed him in a way. He stepped in front of the official. The official was there. The official was there taking uh, care of it, and I thought Oates – I know Alabama fans are going to defend him because it was on their bench, and he was defending his players, and he kind of gave him a get the you-know-what out of here, but you just can't put your hands on anybody. I guess unless, of course, you're Nate Oates because he didn't get teed up, which is just absolutely absurd. Uh, not only should he have been teed up, there should have been, there should have been talk about maybe ejection. I know it didn't, it didn't look bad. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen, but it just starts a nasty precedent. And by the way, speaking of nasty precedents when it comes to basketball, can we please get a, get away from the double fouls or the double technicals? That's such a cop out by officials. I can't even tell you. If two guys get into it, they automatically just tee up both of them. Well, sometimes. One guy is either defending himself or trying to prevent anything from happening. I hate the double technical. Well, here's the reason that I would buy into it, because sometimes the officials only see the aftermath. Right. In other words, let's say you and I are defending one another, and I shove you to the point where and you I turn around. And I play and fall down. No, you turn around and hit me. Okay? Yes. Because, okay, or act, let's say inadvertently you raise an elbow and I'm the one who gets the worst of it, but I'm the one who initiated it. So for that reason, I don't, I don't blame them. Look, we talked about officiating and football being so difficult. It's not any easier in basketball. Like, and, and I alluded to that game yesterday between Wake Forest and NC state, which really got out of hand ejections. The coach was ejected. What? 50 fouls in the game. I mean, they, they just really couldn't control it. So, it was um, just one of those in games in which things just got so chippy, and this is the second time that it's happened, I think. Well, back-to-back -back games, right, with Alabama. We talked about that. Um, yeah, so I think in the – I think in the – when it came to that other game you were talking about, things got chippy because the first move that was made, guy dipped an elbow and kind of went into him. He got the and one. Everybody started celebrating, and the guy that was celebrating – inadvertently bumped into another guy on the other team and emotions got crazy. So, um, and the referee, what'd he do? He double teed up. He, he, he sent double T's. So I thought that was a little ridiculous, but look for basketball, as we all know, is, is it's an kind of a, for lack of a better term, an intimate sport. Emotions are running high. So I get officials are trying to defuse situations. And so I'll give them a pass on the double T if they didn't see both, but don't give double T's, just for giving double T's. And look, Nate Oates was in the wrong, no question about it. All right, Darnell Archie joins us now, University of Mobile. They have a game against William Carey tonight. I think I'm right about that, right, Darnell? William yes, it was yeah, we played tonight at 730 at William Carey. Supposed to play on um, Tuesday, but with all the 
bad weather it got moved back. Oh a day. well, thank you. That's why I booked you today. I thought you played last night, so it wasn't totally my fault then. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And I, I totally appreciate you guys having me on this morning. Well, somebody could have alerted me. <laughs> Never mind. So, you're, uh, how are you doing in the conference play? You know, we're sitting at seven two, seven and two. We had a big win at Life last Wednesday, so we're sitting in second place. Um, Tennessee Southern, formerly known as Martin Methodist, is ten and zero uh, tonight. William Carey is six and three, so it's a big battle, um, you know, for positioning at the top of the conference. By the way, before we get to the basketball games of last night, do you there's a do you play? Is it Lane College? Do you play them? We do not. Spring okay. Hill does. Okay, so we do not. That's the team that they brought in a guy who's over. I think he's close to fifty or something. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> Some experience there. Yeah. yeah, we've been talking about uh, uh, some of the stuff that went on last night. Did you happen to catch the Alabama-Missouri game? I saw bits and pieces. I just saw Coach Nate Oates kind of shoving a guy, but that's all I saw. So I, I didn't see anything else. I saw they won by 18. Well, that was really what we've been talking about. Shouldn't a coach get teed up for that? Uh, I didn't see the whole thing, uh, but I would say off the top of my head, yes. But I'd have to see the whole thing. Um, you know, usually you shouldn't put hands on a guy, but I don't know what um, made him do that in the sense. Okay, let's say you're playing William Carey tonight, and I'm assuming Steve Knight is still coaching William Carey? Yes, he is. He's in his 41st or 42nd year. Right. Yes. So let's say he puts a hand on one of your players, no foul is called. What are you going to do? I'll probably argue. Probably be like Mark Mark Heim, Coach Heim, and um, be a little upset about it. But I would um, definitely be upset if a, a coach touched one of my players and nothing happened. But now, if one of my players was in their huddle, then that that's the wrong. You know, that is wrong as well. So you're 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 throwing hands, right, Coach? <laughs> could be, could be, uh, yeah, could be. Depending depending who they're touching. No, yeah. no, I'm backing every one of my players 100. percent uh, as long as they didn't do something wrong, um, for sure. Have you ever been in one of those games where all they do is call fouls, and maybe they do it because the game has gotten out of hand? There were over 50 fouls called in the NC State Wake Forest game last night, 61 free throws. Have you ever Some been in those? I have been. I can't tell you. I'm probably, I've been in plenty of games. The worst, and I'm sure Mark would allude to it as well, like the first half gets really, really physical, and they're not calling anything. And the second half, they come out and just blow every little ticky-tack foul and just disrupts the whole flow of the game. And those aren't fun to be a part of. But I do understand why they, they have to call it that way sometimes. But not a fan favorite. The NC State coach, he was ejected very early in the game. They had ejections later. But I think, Mark, in the game that there was a foul call. I think it was a foul on the NC State player. Yet he wasn't even involved. What happened? Two Wake Forest players went up for a rebound and they collided and they called the foul on NC State. Yeah, nah, tough profession to be an official, but it is uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's a tough. Profession. Hey, Darnell, Darnell, let me just say time. you're not being fine. Nobody's going to, the ACC is not going to fine you for commenting on this. <laughs> you're no, know, you're not sure. under scrutiny. Like, like I said, um, you know, in, in our league, I'm start, I've been here five years down at University of Mobile, so I'm starting to get used to some of the officials. And um, with experience, you know, I do see 
in relationships, it definitely helps. But sometimes some guys, you just feel like they're out to get you, and it's 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 a rough it's a rough deal. Rough do you, go. Do you know beforehand if that's gonna if you have an official that that's the case? But so we to, get, um, I know a couple of days before, and we get on our email, and I look at it, and I see a few names. I'm like, oh, goodness. Uh, I, I've actually told my team sometimes, like, hey, this is how it's going to be called. Um, and they, they, they know a couple of the names, but you just go into it. No, it's going to be some bad calls on both sides of it. Hopefully it doesn't get you in the end. Did you ask him about your double technical? Oh no! I was just making a point that I, in a lot of sense, not I don't want to I don't want to paint with broad strokes here, Darnell, but I do feel like the double technical or the double foul sometimes is just a lazy cop out, right? It's like I didn't see the whole thing, or I'm trying to nip it all in the bud, so I'm gonna give it to both teams so one team doesn't freak out. Like I get, like Lee made a great point. Sometimes you only see the guy that retaliates, and so you want to offset right. that by giving double. Double fouls or double technicals, but I feel like double technicals or double fouls have just become the norm just to settle it. It's like both of you go to your room. It, it, well, it wasn't really my fault, Dad. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? That is a great point. I, I've I've experienced it. I've lived it, and I've probably been on both sides of it sometimes. So like, it, it's not always warranted for both guys to get technicals. I would agree. Don't you have to be careful though about getting ejected? Do you even have an assistant coach on the bench? No, we do. I do have three guys. I have a, um, you know, grad assistant, uh, you know, an assistant, and you know, a student assistant. But yes, definitely, it would not be very wise if I were to get ejected for one because at at our level, if you get ejected, you have to sit out the next game. I'm not sure how that is at Division One, but the NEIA, if you get anybody gets ejected, you're automatically out the next game. So. Um, can't, can't do that. So so maybe one of your guys is just kind of hoping you do just so they can get a minute to shine. It could be like um, in Hoosiers when I think Gene Hackman gets thrown out on purpose and lets Shooter coach. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking about doing that maybe um, in the near future. All right. So when you get off the bus, you're going to Hattiesburg tonight, right? Yes, we are. All right. And this happened when I was broadcasting for Mobile years ago. We get off the bus. We walk into the little gymnasium there. And we right right as you walk in, there's the concession stand. And when we walked in, guess who was giving out the popcorn? Gene Hackman. No. Oh. <laughs> I think you told me it was like, what Coach Knight doing. Yeah, Steve Knight was behind the counter giving out popcorn prior to his team taking on the University of Mobile. I just thought that was hilarious. Doesn't surprise me. You know, we have, we're we're man, men of many hats uh, at this level. So I kind of laugh when I see staffs of 20 people on the bench and um, they got to have it for every little man being assistant. It doesn't take that many. Now, so you I don't definitely laugh at that. You never have to do that because I don't think you have a concession stand at far, do you? Um, only during when we host AAU events. My lovely wife and kids have the concession stands. But during our games, we're, we're working on that. We're working on getting into that level by the way it's one of the better concession stands i would highly encourage anybody that just wants a little snack to head over there finally uh the head man let 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 the folks get what they wanted with the muffins that was huge that was huge that is right yeah mark um mark asked for muffins one sunday morning and muffins were there in the concession now to be That's fair they we were there worked. before or, or i don't even know how it happened but your daughter and your wife were big fans of it and i believe if we're being fair you were like nah nah we don't need them and they they sold like hotcakes they did. Got to listen to the people that matter the most. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> Before we let you go, uh, how's Ezra playing these days? I know dude's averaging like a double-double. We talked about it last time, but guy's just picking up weekly awards. Surprise, surprise. This Monday he picked up his seventh player of the week. Yeah. And um, they have a small college award called the Bebo Francis. It's for Division II, NAI, D3. And he was named uh, part of the, the watch list, top 100 watch list, one of 29 players. So he's rolling right along. All I right, let me, another. let me ask this. Do you guys know who Bevo Francis was? Bronner? No. Mark? I, Negative, Ghost Rider. All right, tell him, Darnell. Uh, I'll let you tell him. He's once I can't remember. I know <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, him. come on. He once scored 100 points. I think he was the first player ever. He was playing for an NAIA school somewhere down in the Texas Panhandle. Scored like a hundred points in a game. Bevo Francis. I'll never forget that. Makes sense. Makes sense why he has an award named after him now. Yeah. A yes. uh, hundred. Think about that in college. A hundred points. I forgot the name of the school. It may not even exist anymore. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Darnell. I think if y'all continue to win, I think you ought to get your hair done like Ezra's. What do you think? Uh, I might need some implants to get that done, the mullet, but yeah. um, it's it's catching on down here. Now. He, he looks, he, he makes it look good. Yeah, he, sure. he looks the part for sure. Uh, Coach, appreciate you spending a little time with us, man. Uh, best of luck. I uh, hope it continues to roll for you, and uh, thank you for your time. Always thank you guys so much. Yep, that's Darnell Archie, ladies and gentlemen, University of Mobile coach. Uh, we'll come back, see if we can catch up with uh, Roy Hudson. We'll talk to you guys. Uh, you can react to Nate Oates last night uh, in his directing traffic. Is that is that a politically correct way of saying political politically correct way of saying he shoved a player out of the way? Um, didn't get teed up. The new football coach was at Coleman too. How about that? Bevo Francis twice scored over a hundred points on a game for Rio Grande College. Okay, there's your uh, history lesson. Thank you. Uh, Rodney Ward talks from Alabama at seven. Chris Stewart will be along at 8. Oh, yeah, and Joel Erdman, South Alabama Athletic Director, he's going to join us at 7.30. Should be a good one. Stay with us. We're wrapping up hour number one next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. This is Andrew Zhao, Alabama former quarterback. you listening to WNSP 105.5. Just been, I've been just doing my history lesson. I, I just got intrigued by that Bevo Francis award. Bevo Francis. He averaged 48 points, which is an all-time record. And listen to this. They did not count in that his 116-point uh, game because it was against what they call lesser competition. But he played in the mid-50s, early 50s, and twice went over 100 points in a game. Think about that. Do I have to? I mean, you're just harping on Bevo. Like, well, he brought it up. I didn't know they had. I didn't know they named an award after him. All right, Michael. I'll just tell you that I was once tossed out of a locker room for a question. So when I was covering, oh, I am so sorry. We have Roy Hudson on. Forget me. Forget me. Let's go to Roy. Thank you. You make it very difficult. I I totally forgot about my good friend Roy. I am so sorry. Community Bank. See, I got so worked up in this. How you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing well. People scoring over 100 points and tossed out of a locker room. Yeah, how the about that? The conversation's great. Well, you, I, I teased it. Now, can you top that? Uh, we're not going to throw you out of the bank. How's that? So come visit us. It's cold outside, but uh, we've got a warm, welcoming staff, Lee. So uh, come on, see us after you get through with the show. All right, this is unsolicited. I actually went to uh, the bank yesterday. Uh, they were really nice to you. I couldn't get in to see you because you were in, in deep in meetings. But that's every what they told you. Yeah, well, that's what they told me. <laughs> says, do not, do Mark, not interfere Mark. with Roy. So, so the, there was a sign. Yeah. So uh, the the teller was re- was really nice, and I think she was only like part time. But every question I had, there was some issues I had. She handled, and I didn't even need to go see you. So there you go. That was Fantastic. really. Lee, that's, that's what we strive for. It's just that unparalleled customer service. So I am so excited to hear that uh, that you were treated like that because that's that's the way we treat everybody when they come in. Not only celebrities like yourself, but just the, just the our, our normal customers as well. Hey, you you actually got started late yesterday, right? Because that weather related. That's right. We pushed back like a, a lot of people did with the ice on the roads, and uh, you probably saw where I'd thrown out some salt just to get rid of some of that ice off of the, the sidewalks yesterday. But, yeah, normal hours today, so uh, all your listeners or our customers can come in at normal hours and get in out of that cold. Uh, we're not used to this type of uh, this weather around here. Well, did you have any uh, interest rate information to entice us to come out and deposit money? You know what? There's been, there's been a lot of talk, been looking at that and researching that. There's been a lot of talk about the Fed easing up on the interest rates, uh, even as early as the first quarter. I think it'll probably be more mid, mid-year. mid But uh, with that said, you know, when the, when the rates start easing back, it'll – It'll be a situation where everybody's going to run in and try to get that rate before it goes down. So now is just a great time. There's a lot of good rates out there as far as uh, CDs and money markets. So I invite your listeners in to come to and speak with one of those ladies like you were talking about and gentlemen downstairs that will come in and uh, talk about those rates and get them set up. Roy, I'll be watching Auburn tonight. I hope Bruce Pearl doesn't push any players. Just keep his hands to himself. I do. It's a lot more yeah, interesting. I hope so, and I think he's been talking to him a lot. You know, we went up to Vandy last year, I think, and lost, if I remember right. So I know it's going to be a tough game up there, and that's a unique situation with that raised floor anyway. It's a little it's a little weird, so uh, it takes a little bit of adjustment to get used to that. Roy, I can't thank you enough. We'll check in with you next week. Roy Hudson, okay. Community Bank. All right, so uh, you were on the roll there with your, yeah, your, your I history was lesson. Michael. Um, so I was broadcasting Rutgers basketball. I was doing the commentary, but I also did like pre-post and all that kind of stuff. You're familiar with that. So one of my jobs on the uh, broadcast was to go in uh, for the locker room after the game. Now, the head coach at the time was the late Frank Burns, and he was a real good friend of mine. Okay, he was. I mean, I've always had been on terms – good terms with all the coaches I've ever been with, which has been a major plus. So we lost to Connecticut nine to six. Our best player didn't play. And I don't, I guess he was injured. I don't know. This goes back to the seventies and we had a good team that year, but we lost to Connecticut. So all these marshmallow questions were being asked, you know, well, Frank, you know, you know how that goes, all the marshmallow. So I said, I finally it got to me. I said, Frank, the loss of Edwards, how did that impact your team? He went nuts on me. He threw me out of the locker room for a question like that. But my favorite was, and I don't know if you can, uh, I wasn't there, but it happened. Every now and then, you know, we talk about doing dual positions. Well, at our radio station in New Jersey at the time, some of us would like to go into New York and cover events. And 
it was for me. It was a lot of fun. I was mainly into sports, but we had a newsman who wanted to get the feel of what it's like to cover a uh, an event. So he went to a Knicks Celtics game. And are you familiar with Red Auerbach, Michael? Sure. Okay, and I know you are, Mark. Red Auerbach threw him out of the locker room after the game. <laughs> and 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 his name was Ron Reisman, and he was bragging about that. I got thrown out by Red Auerbach. Ron Reisman? It was his name, yeah. He sounds was our like, newsman. Sounds like a spinoff of Anchorman. I don't remember why, but he this was a badge of honor to get tossed by Red Auerbach out of the locker room. So we're, this, this whole thing got spurred on by a conversation about Nate Oates and whether or not you kind of push, uh, and he pushed a player yesterday. Uh, and then Todd Bowles, the uh, Tampa coach, was asked by a reporter. I doubt it was a sports reporter, but it could have been, about – the cold weather in Detroit and how that will impact his team. He calmly, although I thought passive aggressively there, or at least early in his answer, explained to the reporter that you know it's indoors, right? And so we were just talking about how, and this is on the whole Tomlin thing, and when he walked out of his press conference when someone said he had a year left on his contract, they were like, does anybody have any questions? So we're kind of talking about the do's and don'ts of coaches and what the expectation is for these guys and how they should be acting in, a, in multiple circumstances. Uh, we differ in opinions a little bit. I feel like you need to sit up there and you need to answer the questions no matter how uh, direct or how stupid they are. But we can get into it hour number two. And if you're Nate Oates, you just can't put your hands on a player. Rodney Orr is next. Joel Erdman will join us at 7.30. Chris Stewart at 8 o'clock. Eric at home on the NFL at 8.30. It's cold out there, folks. Stay warm. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Yes, indeed. Welcome in. Hour number two on a brisk Wednesday morning here in the Port City. That's Did it get to the teens? Did it hit the teens? Uh, My car think, said 21. I think overnight it may have been. Definitely in certain areas. I don't know if it got, you know, you know, your Prius is just the, the standard for, for all Accuracy. automobiles and, 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 you know, meteorology. So I don't want to, I don't want to contest that but i would i would assume let's just say it did i mean if it got to 21 let's just say somewhere around here it got to 19 it was totally in the teens you, you could feel it in your it bones it was crazy yeah okay oh well, you can imagine and you weren't out there at 3 30 like i was i was oh you were yeah what were you doing it was 12 degrees what were you doing at 3 30 uh, you know hanging around jogging getting that yeah. workout in before work getting my 3 30 workout in looking for trouble always all right we ready to go and talk some Alabama with Rodney Orr. When we talk with Rodney, it's never about trouble. We get accuracy and we get information that we want to feed our listeners. Good morning, Rodney. How you? Do? Hey, how's it up there? Oops, great. Hey, you're you're doing really good this morning. 
Nice, nice to chat with you. Okay. <laughs> Lee talking know, himself over here. Yeah, I know they had issues up in Tuscaloosa with the weather, obviously, because the crowd was kind of slimmed down because of – they had snow up there, didn't they, I think? That's what I heard. I would assume so. All right, let's try this again. Rodney, good morning. How are you today? Hey, Lee and Mark. How are you guys? Good. We were just talking about the weather. How's it up there in Tuscaloosa today, yesterday? About like – yeah, about like what you said, you know, down there. I mean, it's really cold. Did <laughs> like you have snow? Something. Did you get snow yesterday? Uh, look, nah, just a little dust, you know, not much. Not not much at all. Ice for sure, yeah. I mean, kind of uh, the, because we had some rain, and so that kind of froze, obviously. But, uh, you know, not, not much snow, just a little dust. Rodney, of course, tighter insider. You're very familiar with him. He's been following Alabama, especially when it comes to recruiting and so forth for so, so many years. What's your first impression of the staff being put together by Kalen DeBoer? Well, I mean, it, it seems to be, you know, a really good staff. I mean, a lot of experience. Uh, you know, some guys, obviously, on the offensive side that are have a lot of uh, continuity and experience with with Kalen DeBoer on that side of the ball uh the only holdover it appears on that side will be Robert Gillespie who's been here the last few years as a running backs coach and then on the defensive side you know they still have a you know maybe a spot or so to fill but uh, you got Freddie Roach coming back on the defensive line and he's that holdover on that side of the ball so um you know, it looks like it's pretty good. I mean, you've got Kane Womack, obviously, who's down there. You're really familiar with him. And uh looks like Mo Lindquist is coming, uh, who's also a, a, been a head coach at the University of Buffalo, so a lot of experience there. And, you know, we'll have to see how they, you know, finish it off. But right now I think he's he's doing it pretty well and doing it pretty quickly. Do, do you know what position Lindquist is going to have coaching-wise? Somewhere in the secondary is my understanding. I'm not sure if he's going to coach corners, if he's going to coach safeties, or coach the entire group. Uh, you know, there's some talk that maybe still that Chuck Morrell's coming from Washington. Now, again, I'm not saying that. That's just some speculation. And if he did, then the, maybe they would split up the secondary. Um, but, you know, right now I'm not 100% sure. You know, we mentioned yesterday with Kane leaving that it, it happens, but it's very unusual for a head coach to take an assistance job right but at least he's going as a coordinator that's why i was curious about linquist leaving buffalo as a head coach if he's coming to alabama but i don't know if he's going to be a coordinator or a co-defensive coordinator or not it, it, it unless the and i'm sure the money's a lot better greater than what he's making in buffalo <laughs> yeah you know again i don't know what the exact title would be i mean i've seen uh, DB's coach, secondary coach, or or some aspect of the secondary, and then I've seen also a co DC title would be thrown in there. Um, again, I, I just I think right now, Lee, with the way things have been kind of flying around, everything's going fast. There's a lot of information out there that's you know speculation, uh, not really accurate, or at least not yet. So I mean, it's just kind of difficult to say, but. He is a name that seems like yesterday that that's, that's, that's getting ready to happen. And, you know, I think that would be a great addition. Rodney, bring us up to date on players leaving or coming in now and, and the, since the, the hire. We, we know some players have transferred, and, and some of them I think would add to the depth. If you can, just bring us up to date. Yeah. Well, 
I don't have the list in front of me, but, you know, it's obviously over 20-something guys that are, you know, now in the portal and have left or whatever. You know, they've lost a few key guys, I think. You know, the guys that you looked at and said, Amari Nye Black, for example, uh, you know, you certainly would have thought or would have hoped that he would have stayed. Maybe Earl Little, T.J. Ferguson. You know, I could go down the list, but I think you know the, the names there. But Trey Amos is one that jumped in here over the last few days, the corner, and you're like, you know, you're, you're probably going to start here. Uh, you've got a great opportunity here. Uh, so we'll see if he comes out of the portal once they get this coaching staff and maybe some other guys as well. Once they get this coaching staff in place, there's a couple of two or three guys. Maybe they convince them to stay. I don't know. I did talk to someone yesterday who said this is kind of crazy. I mean, it's like one day you have guys saying, I'm staying, then they're going, they're staying. I think there's a lot of still things up in the air, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I think ultimately when this thing settles down, and, and, and Kalen DeBoer, you know, can start swinging back a little bit. You know, he's, he's kind of been overwhelmed the last few days with things to do. But I, I think certainly they're going to have – they're going to get a lot of players. They're going to have players. But you want to try to be able to retain most of the guys that you really want from this roster. So I think that's really kind of what they're focused on right now. I'd be really surprised if they don't get a player or two that comes in from Washington or – let's say, Washington's incoming freshman class. Now, I, I may be totally wrong on that, but it would seem logical to me that that could be the case. I think you're, you're right on. I mean, they have a kid now visiting supposedly this weekend, Noah Carter, out of the state of Arizona. He's an outstanding player. I mean, he is a phenomenal athlete. He plays outside linebacker, edge rusher type guy, very fast. But he's also – a tremendous-looking athlete is a wide receiver. It's about 6'3", 215 pounds. He's very, very, very impressive. He's supposed to visit this weekend. Um, you know, and then they've got some guys that have been connected to Alabama, the center there at, at Washington. Uh, his name has been thrown out as a possibility to have a left guard. Um, you know, there's been some others. The corner, of course, Muhammad is another name that's that's been out there as a possibility. Uh, so it would not surprise me if they got one or a couple, you know, maybe from Washington. But also, like you mentioned, uh, maybe a, a commitment or two that they have. And, again, I mentioned Noah Carter. He's a guy that's expected to visit this weekend. And also maybe I, – I haven't heard any names, but I would hope that maybe he can get one of his great wide receivers to come in from Washington. Possibly. I mean, you know, one just hit the portal. Um uh, Kid that caught about 35 balls this past year. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I guess when he looks at it and says, what do I have coming back? You know, when he, when it kind of settles down a little bit, um, you know, that, that could certainly be a possibility. I mentioned yesterday, and it struck me when Nick Saban took over, how dedicated he was to get to Mobile, the Mobile area, and recruit Julio Jones, wide receiver. I'm wondering how important it would be at least in the eyes of the, you know, the Alabama constituents, especially those who are really undecided, that if somehow, some way, DeBoer can uh, secure Ryan Williams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Ryan was already up here, you know, a couple of days ago. So, uh, uh, you know, he's already been on campus on an unofficial visit, and he's supposed to come back this weekend officially is the plan, or has been the plan. So um, he's certainly the, the key guy. I mean, you know, Ryan Williams is 
uh, an incredible player. I mean, we, we all know he's the, probably the premier player in the state of Alabama, and I say that, and people say, well, wouldn't you say that more more confidently? Well, Jalen Mbakwe is really, really good, too. But but Ryan Williams, now that he's reclassified, may be the number one player, and he's, he's an incredible talent. And you're right. I mean, just from a perception standpoint and, and a magnitude, it, it is very similar to the uh, Julio Jones uh, deal. Is there anybody else out there, not, not, not to the caliber of player that Ryan Williams, but in that same category that – it would be an imperative or incumbent on uh, the new coaching staff to try to secure in the next uh, month or so? You're talking about in the state of Alabama? In the or state or anywhere? no, anywhere, really. Yeah. Well, not, you know, I really don't know that there's anyone like that would bring the, uh, you know, the clout that uh, Ryan Williams would, uh, be honest with you. I, I think he's the guy. I mean, I think if, if Alabama lands Ryan Williams, Alabama fans will all be happy. Hey, Rodney, thank you so much for coming aboard. Tell folks how they can continue to follow your coverage of the Tide uh, here. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's uh, TideInsider.com. It's only $48 a year, and you can get instant access with your credit card. Um, or if you, you prefer, there is an address there to send a check. It gives you all our premium information, but also our all-sports forum. That's our community of Alabama fans. I mean – Everything you want to know and everything that crosses the uh, the Internet, it appears right there on TiderInsider.com instantaneously. Hey, Rodney, thank you so much. Stay warm. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Yep. All right, scoreboard, traffic, and weather are next. You'll get a chance at your daily dose of fraud deliciousness. Also coming up at some point, be listening for the Mardi Gras sounder and be the latest to qualify for the Francia Formal Affairs uh, giveaway. That's right. Another set of tails going out the door. Compliments of Francia's. We're, uh, we're taking qualifiers for the next couple weeks, and Linda's going to come on and make that announcement. The, the tail set of tails valued at more than $600 just in time for Mardi Gras. Uh, Joel Erdman, the South Alabama athletic director, will join us in about 15 minutes. Here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather at the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Alright, boys and girls, here's your shot at your daily dose of fried deliciousness. You you know, maybe you're compelled to consume such a prize. Maybe you just want to use them as hand warmers. It really doesn't matter, but here's your shot. Yeah, I'm going to hope I say this right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Houston quarterback, uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, led his team to a playoff win. Uh, he became the highest drafted quarterback to lead a team to a playoff victory in his rookie season. Who... Did he surpass? In other words, who was the last previous quarterback who was drafted who, in his first playoff game as a rookie, led his team to a playoff victory, as did Stroud leading Houston over Cleveland? You know I know the, the answer? answer. You do? All right. Well, we'll talk off the air, okay? And if you know the answer, I'll get you a Chick-fil-A. Oh, wait a minute. Your diet precludes that. You're not allowed, right? Uh, I, the last one you gave me, it's it's saved in uh, my wallet. Also, I've, I've kind of uh, 
You're off your diet? Well, I've slipped up a few times. Ooh. Is that why you were out this morning? Just frustrated? Yeah, I was just getting angry at the world. Eating all the things that vegans eat, apparently. That'll show them. All uh, right. I have some uh, chocolate chip cookies. You want them this morning? No. By the way, you might as well. I mean, if you're going to go off the diet, go hard. Go I hard. Did go I home. did eat a cheesesteak last night, though. Oh. I can't believe it. The shame you must, the shame you've brought on the Bronner name. Yeah. So apparently, no calls on my question? No, he, he just wants, he he just just wants to talk. talk. Okay, well, I don't blame him. He's, yeah. he's so, by the way, isn't. That story about Harbaugh, everything you need to know about Jim Harbaugh, the fact that one of the hangups to the negotiations into the contract is he doesn't want to be fired by the AD. Instead, he wants a three-panel, a three-person panel. Like, who goes into a job already thinking about how he, or a contract thinking about how he's going to be fired? So, and here's the other angle to this. Meanwhile, he's going and getting interviewed. By different now, he's been interviewed before. This is not the first time. I mean, the Vikings come to mind last year, so he's being interviewed. He got the Falcons had him in. He's been with the Chargers, and now he's making demands on this negotiation. See, I thought this was already uh, etched in stone that he was his contract was ready to be signed. Apparently not. And uh, Mark, I didn't read even deeper into this, but I think there's some other demands in there well, too. Well, as one of our listeners pointed out, and he's absolutely right. Dude's coming off a title. He's got leverage. Go in there and. Shoot for the moon. And, look, he's right. I mean, you, if, if Michigan doesn't give him what he wants, he'll just go get a job in the NFL, clearly. So, the uh, ball's in Michigan's court. And if you're Michigan, to be fair, as much as we poke and prod at Harbaugh, don't you give him whatever he wants? I mean, the guy just won you a national championship. I mean, I, yeah. You know, Lee, uh, I got some guesses here. And someone gave me an answer, and I told him it was wrong based on what's on the sheet. But right. I, I want to say it might have been right, and your sheet might be wrong. And this is just based off my head. I haven't done any research to verify this yet. But uh, we might have to go off script here. All right. What was the answer that was given? The answer that was given was Russell Wilson, who I'm pretty sure played against RG3 in a playoff game when they were both rookies, I think. In his first year? I think so. That would indicate the rookie status, I believe, yes. All right, Let's so see. according to all the information I had, Stroud was the fourth uh, rookie quarterback who was drafted in the first round. The others that recruited him— Drafted in the—I didn't hear the first round I'm qualifier. sorry about that. First My round. Mistake. Yeah, first round. The others, I think Wilson was what, a third round? Third or fourth, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, there's there's the part then, okay. Got it. Yeah, there were the four, and I'm looking for the previous one. He was drafted, I think, fifth overall. Got it. I did not and hear look, the first round qualify. That's okay. If the Chick-fil-A answer is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> look. You're so easy to work with. Let, let me, let me say this you're about so easy to work with. We haven't said this in a while, and that's that. There are a couple things that we that we always forget to say. One is there is a rule here at WNSP that that you winners are only eligible every thirty days. So that has anybody right, told Elvis that? I, I'm not sure. The the and we do a poor job of enforcing that. The other thing that I've made it a point to mention is the right answer is the answer that Lee has written down here. If you can read it. Yeah. I think I've been proven wrong at least twice over the years, though. I think that has happened, and I, you know, I apologized for it. 
This one I'm pretty secure because I checked four sources on this. Ooh, he's four sources. Yeah, People... there's the, some of my favorite trivia days are the ones where Lee's answer to the question is actually inaccurate. People keep guessing wrong. Who are they guessing? Russell Wilson and who else? Uh, there was a lot. There was, someone guessed Mike Vick. Someone guessed Joe Flacco. Okay, now we'll ben Roethlisberger has accomplished the feat, but it was more recently. Than yeah, ben uh, and also another quarterback who did this was Flacco, but that was in the past. Now the one on Vick, I I was tempted to use that question. That Stroud became the youngest quarterback, youngest by age since Michael Vick to lead a team to a first-round playoff. But this question is about the draft, first-round draft. It was a real fluky playoff win, too. Yes, it was. And he used to be with the Jets, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you said that reluctantly. I feel like... Uh... Lee spends entirely too much of his prep time on songs that should be played in the trivia Thank question. Thank you. You are asked. so right. Last night is a good example. I was, I was playing a lot of who music to put on the show today. Yeah. Okay. You know the best. You know the best way to remedy that is just not do it. Not do it. Doctor Joel Erdman is set to join us next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Wednesday, 20-degree weather out there. Dress warm. I'll certainly uh, encourage that. And we're about ready to talk to Dr. Joel Erdman, the athletic director at South Alabama. Joel, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, fellas. How are you? This reminds you of the Dakotas? It does. It's uh, But the sun's out, and um, it's a little chilly. And, and we're fortunate to not be below zero like some folks to the north of us. So I'll take the good side of this. So when you moved down here, at, well, when I moved down here, I wanted to get away from this type of weather. Now, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but Dr. Joel Erdman is from where, North or South Dakota, somewhere around there? Yeah, I was, uh, I was born in North and, and raised in South, so I, I claim South Dakota primarily. So this would have been like a heat wave down here compared to that weather in the wintertime anyway. Yeah, this this would be uh, out playing catch with your shirt off in the spring weather. So uh, uh, it is everything's kind of relative, but um, uh, it is very fortunate we're not shoveling snow and scraping windows too much around here. And uh, hopefully we get out of this little cold snap. Joel, uh, you usually have a lot of nice things to say about a lot of people. I'm going to start out. Obviously, the, the big issue is finding a, a coach to replace Kane Womack. How much are you going to miss, or how much will the football program miss Kane Womack? Well, I think uh, tremendously. He, in, in, in a, well, through two stints, you know, he, he touched this university and this program uh, uh, under Joey Jones several years ago. He left an impact there. And then in his three years as head coach here, uh, he built upon what what came before, and and really set a trajectory and accomplished things that we had never accomplished, and um, 
was able to recruit student athletes that that can help us sustain success. Um, so the the nuts and bolts of the football coach side of things speak for themselves. The the intangibles of what Kane and and his tremendous wife Melissa um, had here and will always have here is is friendships on this campus in this department um, in this community and his his very intentful and and purposeful um, reaching out to to touch the city of Mobile and to better connect us with each other um, is is maybe his most deep impact uh, and the most long-lasting impact. So, I mean, there, there are so many uh, things that he did that we are grateful for and, and uh, will have a lasting impact. Uh, and, and so we, we, we will dearly miss him, but at the same time, we're very excited to move forward. And uh, he has made this an even more attractive job and and so um, we're excited to to identify who that next leader is going to be, and and keep shoving us forward. Did you make any effort at a media to try to keep him here? Now I realize the money difference it makes it difficult, but was there such a meeting to to try to talk him into staying? You know, yeah, you you have you you have conversations uh, that you know basically is is there anything. Um, that that can be done, and and uh, but but you know there there are times when an opportunity arises where um, the opportunity is is um, at such a level, and and especially when there's a pre-existing very deep relationship between uh, Kalen and Kane um, from knowing each other for a long time and coaching together, to have that that collision of circumstances where you've got a, a trusting relationship with the new head coach and, and to be the defensive coordinator in Tuscaloosa, um, that, that was just something from a, a, a coaching and, and scheming and career standpoint that, that Kane had to jump on, and hey, I completely understand that. You know what would have been great? You, you give permit, you say, okay, Kane, it, it's okay, but in return – uh, you've got to get Alabama scheduled South Alabama. That would have been a story because that would that never happened. So you know, they don't play any schools in state. But anyway, getting- so you would just add that to the next coach's contract, right? The stipulation you can only it, the the only way you leave is if you add us to your you know your Power Five schedule. If that if that's what your future holds. Yeah, that that is done um, in 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 selected sports. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> That that is going to be uh, doable in a football yeah. coach's contract, but it's it's a very good point. Yeah, I'm, uh, off the air, I'll tell you that did happen with okay. South Alabama on basketball, but I'll, that's we'll get to that later. All right, so you have two head coaches on his staff. Could it have been just easy just to to name one, or where are we going with the search now? Well, you know, we 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 want to be thorough. We want to make sure we're getting. The, the best fit for our program uh, at this place in time, uh, not only at this place in time, but uh, projecting into the future. And, you know, these, these, these football hires are, are high profile. Um, and, and the circumstances of this being in mid, 
mid to late January rather than early to mid December um, does add a little twist to to our our, our desires. Um, and and so as always, it's very cliche. We're we, we're going to go as fast as we can, but I we we don't want to be sloppy. We don't want to overlook something, and we want to make sure um, we're we're in uh, for the longer term and not not make a mistake looking at the shorter term. Yeah, and I'm not telling you don't already know, but the dynamic of a coaching change is so different than it was just three years ago when Kane came in, right, with with the 30-day window for the portal, and there's just so many moving parts. E efficiency probably is, is a buzzword around there now. Yeah, it, it, it is. And um, so, but but I think you, you, you have, and this is, this is, a compliment to Kane and the entire coaching staff and support staff around the football program. I, I do truly believe you've got a a locker room full of very mature young men who who uh, dearly care and respect each other, and um, they they want to to continue this path and do it together. And um, yes, there are going to be incidents where where kids might. Um, depart and and that is the world we're in and but I, I think you you've got great leadership in this locker room and around that program and that's a direct reflection of, of Kane and one of the leg legacies he's left behind are you taking applications oh I always yeah I mean <laughs> you know, they, whether I take them or not I'm getting them and um, uh, <laughs> So yeah, I'm 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 a pretty popular guy right now, and um, uh, humbly speaking. But uh, no, I I think we've we've got a a good plan, and um, uh, again, going to make sure we're dotting the i's and crossing the t's, but also keeping an eye on that clock. In the past, if, if memory serves me right, which normally it doesn't, searches for football coaches usually it's like been either a search committee or a committee on campus, is this going to fall strictly on you, Joel, or do you have a, a committee set up? Uh, I, I have a um, – we have a group of people that are uh, involved in the process that uh, I, I will ask them to, to provide feedback and what, what they think, what they see. You know, I, I, I don't – I don't think it's wise unless it's a unique situation to just see candidates through one set of eyes. I think, I think you need uh, a multi-dimensional uh, evaluation from different perspectives, and, and um, that tends to lead to better outcomes, usually, hopefully more often than not. And, and so, yeah, there is a, 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 a group of people that are assisting and involved, and, and I will talk with about the search. When Kane was hired, he did not have head coaching experience. In this turnaround, do you want somebody who's been a head coach before, or can they still be like a coordinator or an assistant? Have you left it open for all facets, or do you want just a, a guy with head coaching experience? Um, it, it, anything and, and everything. Um, you know, if, if a person does not have head coaching experience, the thing that I will lean on are, um, are, they, are they savvy and ready, however that's defined, and mature, if you will, enough to, to move that one seed over 
to be that person because that is and, until somebody moves from an assistant or an associate to, to, to the head coaching spot, um, I don't think you can ever realize the, the magnitude of, of difference. When, when you're in charge, you're in charge. And, and that, that, that falls on some shoulders, and it can be pretty heavy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there, there may be head coaching experience that's, that's always preferred, but it's not a rule in my eyes. Um, we've had uh, head coaches that were assistants before, not head coaching experience, that were ready and very clearly ready, and they did a heck of a job. So um, it's, it's more about uh, fit. It's more about experience. It's more about intent and ability and um, energy, uh, relationships with the kids, and then what I call the nuts and bolts, the X's and O's um, of the game. All right, so I got two quick ones for you because you know I always hit the hard-hitting questions. Uh, <laughs> does uh, does Kane get to take the Lululemons with him, or um... <laughs> you know he? Um, yes, he does. Good he does. for him. And uh, uh, he he, I, I imagine they'll be out there on the sidelines again next year. Fair enough. Uh, and then. Personally, for you, is this just something – because it's such a big deal to us and the people in the community, as an athletic director, is this just something on your list of things to do today, or does it just take on a different kind of feel to it? Like yeah. like you're getting up like, I got to get on this, or is it just here's what I got going on today, and it just happens yeah. to be I got to fill a spot? No, it, it's it, – in my opinion, it's the most important thing uh, an AD does is hire head coaches because – those those are the twelve people in our in our case. Those twelve head coaches in our department have the greatest impact of of um, of how we do and how we're perceived and how we we enhance the lives of our student athletes and our campus and our community. So um, any coaching, I personally um, I, I I'm in charge of every head coaching search and and. Um, I think it's fair to say it consumes me uh, until it's over. And very similar to our, our, our head women's soccer coach, um, Chris Hennessy, who, who we hired when Coach Moody left for Purdue um, last semester. You know, Chris is a, a tremendous upcoming coach from Lee University, and, and um, that consumed me at that time. And then when uh, these recent events with Kane occurred, um, this this is what I do for till it's over. So uh, um, I'll, I'll I'll do some other things here and there, but but this is you know ninety five ninety nine percent of my life right now. Yeah, because of the portal and recruiting, a lot of moving parts. Have you named an interim coach uh, to this point? Uh, no, and and there's some some technicalities to that uh, pertaining to. NCA rules and and um, recruiting contacts. Um, so it, 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 I have not technically named an interim, um, but but I, I have uh, a point of contact um, in the football staff that will coordinate and communicate with me if there are um, things within the program that we can help with or need to address. All right. I have, go ahead. Do you have a football question? Because I wanted to 
I mean, I was going to ask how uh, a couple things. One, if you need any suggestions, let me know because our <laughs> listeners have a bunch of them in our app. I'm more than happy to forward those names to you because uh, I'm sure you don't have enough interest in the job already. But uh, my question was how much how much feedback do you get or do you want from current players? I'm, I'm willing to listen to, to everyone. I, I think that's very important. And um, as, as I did with, with the soccer search recently yeah. and – um, with, with, when I talked with the, the football team um, two mornings ago, I, I think many of them um, have my cell number, uh, and I, I'm, I'm happy to talk, talk with alumni. I'm happy to talk with anybody who loves, loves the program. Um, I, I think it's important to allow people to, to give you feedback. Um, now I, you know, that 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 feedback will be absorbed and digested, and um, and but but at the outcome, um, that that's got to come down to a certain amount of influencing factors. So, um, yeah, I, I I I'm not sure everybody does that, but I I told the young man in the in in the team meeting, if you or a small group of you or individually want to come see me. Um, you're very encouraged to do so, or if you want to send me a text or give me a call, um, I'm happy to listen. Dr. Joel Erdman joining us. Joel, whenever we get around to football, Troy, South Alabama conjures up big-time status around here. What about tomorrow night's basketball game at the Mitchell Center? How much interest is there, and what do you got going tomorrow night? You know, I, I, I think there's a great amount of interest. Uh, we're, we're coming off on, you know, the men had a – have had two great road wins, um, winning at Old Dominion and then most recently at Marshall. Those those are tough environments, especially Marshall. And um, you know, I, I, and Troy is off to a good start in their their season, and so it's going to be a great game and a great opportunity for Coach Riley and our our team. Uh, there's there's promotions. Uh, we're coordinating with. Uh, some some organizations, one of which is the Senior Bowl and Jim Nagy, um, that that is going to raise some visibility uh, and connect the campus and our students with the Senior Bowl. So, uh, not only Troy on the men's side uh, Thursday, but also tonight, our women are at the Mitchell Center with some belt play also. So, and then a doubleheader this this Saturday afternoon. So. Uh, if people have not been to the Mitchell Center to watch some great hoops, uh, I would encourage them to come on out and support the Jags. Doc, as always, man, we really do appreciate it. No, it's uh, gotten a little bit busier for you here in the last few days, so we appreciate the time, and uh, we look forward to doing it again soon. All right, fellas. Appreciate you both. Yep, that's, South, you. that's South Alabama Athletic Director Joel Erdman here on WNSP. Uh, Chris Stewart's going to join us at 8 o'clock. We'll talk some NFL with Eric at home at 8.30. Uh, you guys can get in next at 694-1055. Wrapping up hour number two, we can talk about Nate Oates. I was going to incite, but talk about the do's and don'ts of coaches and what should have happened. And, of course, we can talk about the South Alabama coaching search as well. Uh, you know, You know us. We're easy like that. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile.
boys and girls. Get Bronner on the phone. Be the first one, 694-1055. And you will be the latest to qualify for the Francia's Formula Fair Mardi Gras Tails giveaway. Valued at $625. The tails are 100% Worstead wool tail uh, coat, tail coats, tail coat and pants, white PK shirt, the vest, the bow tie, you name it. It's non-transferable, so the name you give us needs to be the name that shows up if you are indeed the winner. But a special thanks to Linda uh, and, and the folks over at Francia's for uh, doing this contest once again. It's always incredibly popular. Uh, they've been around for 50 years. Um, tuxedos, suit rentals, uh, plus sales, other formal affair. So make sure you go over there and check it out because they're family-owned and operated, and that's huge around here. This uh, They open at 9.30 most days, so go on over there and check out all the stock, stuff they got going on. But uh, we want to thank the fine folks at uh, Francia's for making this possible. Right there, 3831 Airport Boulevard. You know, we talk about uh, position changes, Kane going to Alabama, Lindquist leaving Buffalo to come to Alabama, and I assume money is a big issue. I was a little surprised when I saw that the Texas A&M athletic director, Russ Bjork, who's really got a nice reputation, he's the one that, first of all, gave that massive contract to Jimbo and then fired him. But to leave Texas A&M, where you think it's a uh, just a load of money, you know, oil money, to go to Ohio State. Uh, again, I don't know the reasons. I don't know the connection. He's replacing Gene Smith, one of the longtime running ADs, uh, somebody with a name in the business, but he's retiring and to go up there, I, I can't imagine that Ohio State could outbid Texas A&M. Could be wrong on that, but uh, I just found that kind of surprising to see him leave the SEC. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I guess my thought would be, well, we always talk about it in terms of football, but there could be so many different other things uh, it could be, but – Maybe he'd rather be one of the big dogs in the Big Ten than run-of-the-mill SEC. Could be. Um, one of the questions I was I was thinking about asking, Joel, but we'll wait for another time because this was more about the coaching search. This, this proposal for FBS schools being allowed to pay players, because right now it's the collectors, which basically to me is about the same thing. You're collecting money and paying, but this would – give schools this is charles baker the new uh, executive director his proposal where fbs schools could don't worry about the collectives uh getting people to give to you to give to the player school could just go out and pay players uh, as they see fit i don't know all the details of that because it's still on the drawing board but eventually i'd like to get joel's reaction to this what it would do for the group of schools that are not the power five schools and how they possibly could hope to even compete with that uh we get a qualifier over there mr bronner yeah neil hey nice job neil Rem remember it's non-transferable so if you win neil you need to be the one that goes and picks up the uh the uh the set of tails but uh tuck mardi gras right around the corner star thanks to francia's Formal fair. If you missed your opportunity to do it today, don't worry. We're going to do it for the next uh, week and a half or so. Did we ever get a winner? Did we get a winner on the Chick Fil A? The confusing question. Yeah, we got a new Elvis. Kelsey won. Kelsey, congratulations. The answer was Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I'm glad we Sanchez. both heard that. Sanchez. Sanchez. He was drafted, I think, fifth by the Jets and 
took him to the plus. Yeah, and it's not like he himself had a great game, right? Yeah. Not like Stroud did. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was, it was actually his second year he beat the Patriots in the first round. Uh, or I guess second round because the Patriots had a bye. Man, that 2010 Patriots team was so good to lose to the Jets in the first round. Uh, they had beaten the Jets 45-3. to three, We like, talked more Patriots before. on this show. You would think we're right up there eating clam chowder and up there on the northeast. Hey, did you see where uh, with the Patriots, as long as we're on the subject, <laughs> that there's a chance— <laughs> This is not my fault, Mark. Yes, it is. That the Belichick brothers me. may stick on the staff even yeah, though Bill was let go? Yeah, it's, it's a mess, man. I think Robert Kraft is going to run this team into the ground. He might prove to be the worst owner in sports. Who knows? Oh wait a minute! Uh, you got no, go. wait a second. There, I mentioned one to uh, uh, Mark uh, Dolan of the Knicks. Yeah, Dolan uh, easily is one of the worst owners. Well, he's got his own set of problems right now. Yeah, if you don't understand what that is, pick up a copy of the go New York and, Post. Go ahead and look into that. Yeah, the, we'll the leave post. it at that. Uh, Chris Stewart's going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on Nate Oates. Also. He was the one that introduced Alabama's new football coach. He's, he's had a busy week. Uh, Eric Edholm's going to join us in hour number three as well. We'll find out what uh, his thoughts are on the Saints and what direction they'll go with as far as an offensive coordinator. We'll see which lucky franchise will hire Bill Belichick. And what's going to happen in Dallas? Those are just a few of the questions we're going to try to uh, ask. We'll see if he's got any answers. Hour number three is next. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP. Country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station WNSP. Okay, so normally we introduce our next guest as the voice of Alabama sports, in particular basketball and baseball, uh, Chris Stewart from the Alabama Radio Network. But today, let me throw it up a little bit, uh, raise the bar, the Alabama Sportscaster of the Year. Chris, congratulations. You're kind. I appreciate it. I th- and uh, I guess it was my turn in the rotation, but I do appreciate it. Well, I think being on this show kind of put you over the top. I, I think that really it added hurt. to it. No, it, it. I think it added to it. Although I understand, is this the sixth time you've won? Uh, I think so. Yes, sir. Congratulations. That's Very a lot nice. of rotations, dude. Very I'm beginning nice to think it. maybe it's not a rotational thing. You might actually be pretty good at this, Chris. Um, sometimes you get lucky in life, boys, and I've been I've been fortunate a bunch, but I gotta. I got some great teammates that I work with and some great opportunities, truly like the one you guys give me. So I do appreciate you, and I appreciate you mentioning it. Were you nervous introducing the new football coach, especially staring down at Nick Saban? Uh, You know, it it was surreal. Uh, 
to to get ready to start, and I was about to begin everything, and then I realized Coach Saban was standing up and was on the other side, not too far from his seat, but I thought it best to give uh, him an opportunity to return before I began. But it was – here's what was really just crazy for me, and I was thinking about it all all that morning. Guys, I was 19 years old working for a radio station that you you couldn't hear from where I'm sitting right now to across the street from my house. It was a little low-wattage AM radio station, my first job. Always grateful for the opportunity. But it, I, I got in my car at the University of Montevallo that day where I was a student, and I drove to Tuscaloosa and found my way into the, what, become, what is now the Mal Moore building for uh, the first time in my life. Had on a suit and a tie, and I went in and uh, sat in the media room and was there for the introduction of Gene Stallings as the new head football coach at the University of Alabama. And to 34 years later, I guess, 35 years later, be sitting on the same campus for a similar introduction, but to be asked to play a very small role in it um, was was really, really cool. And I was grateful they gave me that opportunity. And um, just, again, it was it's, it's one of those kind of pinch-me moments when I think back about how fortunate I've been in my life and my career. Just little moments like that from my childhood. I could, I've said it before, guys, but I could do what I do a handful of places around the country, and from a professional standpoint, it would be similar. But there's no way I could be anywhere else, and it would have the same personal meaning that it does when I get a chance to do things at Alabama. All right, but let's talk about the drip that day, Chris. And for all you kids out there that aren't familiar with my cool terms, let's let's talk about the outfit. Let's talk about the drip. How did we come up with it? Was it a rental? Is it yours to keep? What, what are we doing there? It, it, it's mine, but if uh, if you'll allow a, uh, a personal thank you to Rab at Hong Kong Taylors for the coat and my friends at Mobley and Sons for the rest of the attire. They made sure that as, as best I can, I, I was going to look my best. You know, there's only so much you can work with when it's, there's a reason I'm in radio, but they were uh, they've been kind to me over the years, and, and they made sure I at least had a fight chance from an attire standpoint. So, so you celebrated the day because, as you as everybody knows, you did double duty that day. You you you, you introduced the new football coach. You had a little basketball game you had to attend. Tell everybody how you you celebrated. Uh, you get you, you you gave in, had a little snack. It was actually a big snack. You went double decker. <laughs> Well, it's funny. There's, uh, I called it baby Bucky's. It was, uh, it was a small, uh, in, in relation to Bucky's, but a pretty good size, fairly new, it seems, uh, gas station convenience store, just as, as you're about to get on, uh, whatever highway it was, the main highway that would take me, uh, in the direction of, of Tuscaloosa from Startville. And, and me and my buddy Ron Rickle, who had ridden over with me, uh, stopped there to, to get 
to get a quick bite on the the way back and got a drink, got a cup of coffee and got a, it was going to get a snack and look, and it was a double decker little Debbie. Yeah. Uh, they didn't even have the single, the regulars, which is all I wanted, but it was the double decker. And, uh, I said, yeah, this one's got to work. And, uh, I think it was Ron's idea for me to do the post, but the fact that it was a double-decker, I did get to celebrate, I guess, one half of the the double-decker. The top half might have been the new football coach and the bottom half or vice versa, the uh, the basketball win. But it was also, with it being a little Debbie, it was the tip of the hat to Coach Saban. So it was, uh, was kind of cool and just not a bad way to finish things off. Yeah, so for those that don't know, by the way, it wasn't a little Debbie, it was a big ass Debbie, but it was it was, it was yeah. oatmeal. It was Debbie who may want to get into weight watchers. Yeah, I mean it was. it was it was it's oatmeal, icing, oatmeal, icing again, oatmeal again. Yeah, yeah. you you went all in. You went all in. Kudos it to you. It was it was a double. It was definitely a double. Chris, I thought it was a nice gesture last night. I know you didn't have a full house because of weather related issues where they allowed I guess students or whoever was there to kind of move on down and occupy because watching it on TV made it seem like there were a lot of people attending that game last night that you won. You know, yeah, Lee, there were. Um, I think they announced 11. I think it's safe to say there was a legit six, 7,000, maybe more. Uh, you know, and they count ticket sales overall in addition to or not in addition to, but, you know, tickets sold for the game and a lot were not used. A lot couldn't get there. We get a lot of fans, and I'm amazed. There are some familiar faces that I see every ball game at Alabama that I know drive from Huntsville for every game. I've even met a fan recently who drives from the state of Kentucky for every game. Uh, and I know he, could, you know, they couldn't get here folks from the northern half of the state because we did get you know north and as you guys i'm sure have talked about the shoals huntsville northern third of the state got a, a bunch of snow and with it being freezing cold it's just not safe to travel camp so you're you're talking about students who had just gotten back on campus and from where i live just a tad south of birmingham to tuscaloosa it was, it was passable. It was fine. We got a little sun yesterday that dried some things up. Point is, you didn't have as, as much of your fan base that could be there, and they did a really good job, I thought, of making sure, hey, if you've made the effort to be there, by golly, sit where you want. And uh, if you've got those tickets and, and it's yours, certainly we want you to have access to your seats. But everybody else, let's fill in. And it was a great atmosphere, great environment. It was a lot of fun. The team played um, really well. It was a, it was a, I thought a gutty effort from Mizzou because uh, they've been struggling, and that's uh, that's a dangerous team. So Alabama um, did some really good things, but the fans I thought were a major part of it. All right, your broadcast position. Did you get a good view of the shoving incident? Are you? I, I don't know what side you're on. No, but, I know. did. And I'm opposite of that. You had fans standing up, and then everybody's attention kind of turned because uh, you, you heard the 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 crowd reaction initially to whatever it was that was happening, and then you look over. Well, no wonder the students are going nuts. Here comes your new football coach, and Kalen DeBoer, along with. Um, President Stuart Bell and the guy that had the mic, Greg Byrne, and then passed it off to, to Coach DeBoer. That kind of took it to another level. But it, 
it was uh, that was a cool moment in the first half. I think the original plan, and I think it still will be, possibly where Coach will talk at halftime to the uh, the fan base. But it was a um, it was a cool moment to to have him there, and and certainly took what was already an energetic and enthusiastic crowd to another level when you broadcast you don't let things fly by i mean if you see something out there you're pretty well on top of it the last two games and in particular yesterday the reports that came out with again that the game was very chippy is that a fair uh, assessment of the game it was physical i don't know that chippy uh i'm not disputing that i'm just saying i know it was physical state game was was physical it always is and not dirty it was just a tough physical game. I didn't really, I didn't notice anything that was dirty in the ball game last night. Uh, you know, if I'm watching it on film and I'm able to, if I'm able to see it from, you know, as I call it, the thirty thousand foot view, maybe I am. But you know, Lee, as well as anybody, you're when you're doing the play by play. Yes, you need to be able to see the floor, but you're really locked in on the ball and where it's going and trying to describe everything that's happening with the ball. And so you miss some things. Um, but that being said, I, you know, it was tough. It was physical. Again, Mizzou is playing, trying to fight like heck. And I, I credit them for that to get out of the hole they're in. They're at 500 overall or were coming into the game. Now they're one below it. And they were at 0-3 in the league with an overtime loss. And um, they know they're better than that record. It's kind of the way the Texas A&M-Arkansas game was. When I got home, I saw that. And, I mean, those are two teams getting after it. They're just scrapping and clawing, trying to, in Arkansas's case, trying to avoid going 0-4, and in Mizzou's case, trying to get to 2-2, two and two, uh, or 2-3, and three, whatever the case was. But it was, it was, a, uh, it was a tough game. Uh, Dennis Gates has done a good job. At Missouri and in making them strong and competitive, even though the record's not where they want it to be. Did Nate Oates address? I and I assume he's on your I, he's on your show afterwards. The post game, did he address yeah. the incident? No, we only get about three questions with him. He comes to us right after, uh, right after the game ends. They hand him a box score, and coach comes over to us, and and we get about three questions with him. And, you know, a lot of this stuff kind of started with COVID in terms of how we do post-game anyway. But there's the opportunity through uh, RollTide.com and, and uh, the social media platforms. You can get the full press conference if you want it. So, you know, we get him coming right off the floor. And there was so much to talk about in the game itself. I really didn't even talk about it. But, again, you know how my, you know, our position works when you're a broadcaster for a team and for a school you're talking about the the things that are are there between the lines so to speak and uh, you know i didn't see what had happened as it took place live so i thought it was best the best use of our time and questions with it being especially limited to uh to talk about the things we did with coach and rylan griffin's incredible effort and uh the question about mark sears um you know, in his status, and um, also uh, Aaron Estrada and the, the kind of game he put together. I just thought those were things that were better use of the time in that particular setting. 
Chris Stewart, the Alabama Sportscaster of the Year, on the air with us right now at Dex Imaging. We appreciate them presenting, Chris. So let me ask you this, kind of, you've been in the state forever. I mean, Alabama's 4-0, Auburn pending their game tonight against Vanderbilt, 3-0, the only undefeated teams, it's early, in conference play, but what is it, how basketball has changed, especially on the collegiate level with those two programs, the fact that both are going strong, both are doing well, both brought in, you know, terrific coaches and, and Pearl and Oates. It, it's kind, it kind of takes yeah. you back to uh, Sanderson and Sonny Smith. Well, it does. And, you know, you bring that up, and I'll never forget, and I've probably told it on your show before, but when Bruce Pearl um, had been at Auburn one year, we were in a charity golf tournament, uh, played in the same charity golf tournament, and we were at the bag drop when the tournament was over at the same time, and we were the only two people standing there for just a moment. And I said, Coach, I know that you know where I work and you know what I do. And I said, uh, but I want you to know I'm really glad you're at Auburn because you're going to make us better. Now, keep in mind, Anthony Grant had just beaten him had just beat him, I think, twice and still lost his job. Um, I said, you, I said, you're going to make us better. You already have. And I think, uh, excuse me, uh, Avery Johnson was on the job maybe a month at the most at that time. And he said, Avery's going to be tough. I said, yeah, he'll get his uh, and you'll get yours. But the main thing is we've got people talking about basketball again at this state because you got to remember now we we were only about three years removed maybe less probably two years removed from a pillow fight at auburn when tony barbie was coaching and, and anthony had some good teams but he had a couple that were painful to watch offensively and i think auburn won like a, a 48 43 or something i mean sub 50 for the full 40 minutes and um People didn't want to watch that either side. So, uh, you know, my comment to him was, you're, you know, you're going to make us better. You've already done it because Alabama knew it had to be better going forward to not just beat him, but compete within the SEC. It was time to be better and stop being average because that's what Alabama's pedigree has been basketball-wise. Very, very good. Never a national championship. I understand that. Never a Final Four. But in terms of the Southeastern Conference, we all know everybody's chased Kentucky, but Alabama really, within the league itself, has always been among the elite from a basketball standpoint, and we weren't there. So that was a wake-up call with what he was doing there. And now with Nate coming in, clearly raising the bar with two SEC regular season and tournament titles in the span of three years, Um and putting a roster together that's probably going to be in the top 25 uh, or clearly will be in the top 25 next week if they could find a way to get a victory in Knoxville, which I know is going to be really tough. But this is, um, this is a great rivalry again. And it started when Bruce came back or came to the state of Alabama and took over the Auburn program. That's, that's when things started to ramp up once again for both programs and, and certainly South has a great tradition 
Uh, I grew up watching UAB as well, and and when Andy Kennedy at his alma mater has got it, and those are there are more programs than that. I understand that because small college basketball has always been really, really good. Montevallo, Birmingham Southern, I could go on and on. We we remember what it was like in the 80s, the D2 uh, and NAIA programs that we had that were competing at the highest level in addition to what you first brought up, Lee, with, with Wimp and Sonny and what they had going on and Gene Bartow at, at UAB and, and Cliff at South. It's a um, – it's a proud history, and I'm glad we've got programs that are back playing at a very, very high level once again. Chris, great stuff, man. Thanks for everything you do. We really appreciate your time, and uh, have a have a big Debbie for me, sir. You got it. I'm probably going to take a break on those for a while. Yeah, that's probably a little, a good call. A little bit of twitching since then. Yeah, go fudge round or Swiss cake roll. Just a little variety. You got it. All right, man. Thank you, man. Hey, uh, breaking news. Uh, one Alabama player has hit the portal, the one we've been kind of waiting on. We'll discuss when we come back right here on the sports station, WNSP. gentlemen welcome back in real short segment because we went long chris stewart um but caleb downs the alabama defensive back has entered the transfer portal that was of probably about seven minutes ago uh the freshman all-american sec player of the year you know him maybe you thought it was inevitable what what say you bronner yeah i mean you know uh I don't. That's why I'm asking. It's getting worse before it gets better, I suppose. It's the reality of college football in 2024. No, I hope they it. can bring him back. I, I hope they can change his mind. He's going to go to Georgia. Uh, I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall when T-Rob went there and looked for a day or two. He might stay. And, you know, we've, transfer portals ruining college football. <laughs> you know, that kind of situation. It is the worst one yet. This is way worse than Bond. Ah, uh, so it's unfortunate. Hmm. I'll I agree mean, with he, you there. I'll special. agree with you there. Yeah, that is a that's he is special. That's a tough one. If if they can't keep him, that is very tough. Especially if he's going to go to Georgia. Yeah, he's he's going to go to Georgia. All right, we're going to turn our attention to the uh, Saints. We'll get back to Caleb Downs at the end of our show. But Eric Edholm, not only will we talk Saints, but we'll talk about what Dallas is going to do and. You know, we'll take a look at the playoffs as they stand and, you know, do what we do. It's the opening kickoff here on a Wednesday edition. Mark Lee and Bronner right here on the sports station WNSP. If you're just joining us, uh, Alabama's Caleb Downs hits the transfer portal. Uh, we'll get back to that here in just a little bit. Talk some uh, NFL now with one of our favorites, Eric Edholm from NFL.com. 
Eric, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Doing well. How are you guys? So where's Jim Harbaugh interviewing today? <laughs> I don't know his latest plans, but uh, yeah, clearly he's sort of making the rounds, as it were, which is obviously no shock. You know, I think everybody can kind of see how this, how the wind was blowing, especially after, you know, two suspensions at Michigan. I mean, he's getting attacked from all sides, whether he's guilty or not, I don't know. But, you know, Big Ten NCAA uh, goes off with a, a championship. This would be an incredible mic drop if he went back and said thanks to no thanks uh, to a, you know, incredible deal whatever michigan's offering them so yeah i think the chargers make a lot of sense i think falcons are interesting but you know if the chargers can make the right kind of offer and give him the right kind of personnel control i could see that being a match who had the worst weekend in playoffs dallas or the eagles man i've thought about this like i this is normally not the kind of thing i i would think about but i've thought about it because i've heard other people ask this question. I've heard other people, you know, bring it up. And, oh, you know, the Cowboys were worse. They were the stronger team at the end of the year. They fail every year. Those are all true. I mean, it's hard to dispute those things, right? They were the, between the two teams, they were the better team in December. But entering December, the Eagles were looking pretty darn tough at 10-1. and one. And considering where they got to last year, you know, that's that's arguably, you know, the, the more impressive choke job, I guess, if you will. And I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I have lots of feelings about this. Obviously, it, we still don't know the futures of both head coaches. We haven't heard. I assume, you know, the longer it goes, the better chance they have of coming back. But you never know. And it may have more of a ripple effect on Dallas long term because Dak's contract is a, is a – at least a sticking point, you have to either extend him or trade him, basically. You know, they can't bring him back on a whatever, $59 million cap hit or whatever the crazy number it is. So I guess I would say Dallas slightly, but, man, to go from 10-1 and one to playing completely playoff-free quality football down the stretch, that's as bad a nosedive as I can remember. Are you buying into the narrative that's out there on some of these internet sites that the Dallas Cowboys have to go after Bill Belichick? Could that possibly work between him and Jerry Jones? I believe everything I read on the internet, Lee. I really do. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I think there's a, a fascinating case to be made for Belichick and Jerry Jones becoming arranged partners, right? Where they they look, I think they have a ton of respect for each other. I think they also know that their personalities may not be a perfect mesh with the job, but they both so badly are committed to winning. And that you can't deny that. Look, say what you will about Jerry, but that dude has been desperate to win another Super Bowl for the better part of thirty years. And, you know, he's he's getting up there. And I think he realizes like this window is either very close to closing it or, or on its way to closing very shortly here. An unusual opportunity is here. He's talked about the regret of not hiring Belichick back in the day. And there was some flirtation between them. They've maintained a good relationship. You know, Parcells and, and Jones made it work for, what, four years, I guess. I mean, stranger things have happened. 
And if it was if it was not at the end of their careers, closer to the end than the beginning, let's say, then I would probably dismiss it. In this case, I think it's a possibility. But, you know, I, I had another thought. Pete Carroll, I, I think that would be a better fit if they make a change. I mean, like energy-wise, obviously he'd bring it right away. And even at age 72, obviously Pete, know, anyone who knows, you know, could watch the, the post game from week four of the win over the Giants. I mean, it looked like a, you know, a kid going to Disneyland for the first time. So, I, and I know he badly wants one more shot. It just seems like there's a, a reluctance to just sort of fade away into a Bruce Arians front office type position, right? I don't think that's really what he's looking for at this moment. So, from that perspective, it makes sense. But I don't think there'll be a lot of suitors. I don't think there'll be many at all, if any. But I just you'd have to figure out who the offensive coordinator is. Like, that's the big – granted, yes, that defense was atrocious in that playoff game. I don't know what happened to that group down the stretch. But I can tell you that I think there's a bigger – not that Belichick wouldn't have the same questions for that matter, as I say. And I guess the, the, the question I'd be asking, Bill, is who you're bringing as your offensive coordinator. And I would, I would assume that would happen with, with Pete, too. Things weren't – super smooth with, with Shane Waldron and stuff this year. So I don't know, man. I it, It's going to be fascinating. Obviously, Mike Rabel's out there as a candidate. Harbaugh, we mentioned. There are other good first-time head coaching candidates. It's going to be a, a strange and fascinating cycle, I think. He's Eric at home. He joins us here on WNSP. Speaking of coordinators, uh, the Saints are, are, are in the market for one. What are you hearing there? Not much, yeah. I just I, I I wasn't shocked that they made a move. It's not like you know Pete Carmichael hasn't been you know well regarded in the league cycle uh, circles for a long time, but also under fire from from Saints fans for for the the offenses inconsistencies. I guess I'm a little surprised in that they probably play their best football down the stretch, but you still have to sort of pay the vigorous on what happened when they were. You know, winning one, losing one. They were just one of those teams that made you think, wow, they're decidedly average. In the middle of the year, I just thought they are the most average football team in the NFL. But, again, they played better than that down the stretch. And so I, was, I wasn't shocked, obviously, but I thought maybe that could have helped them. I don't know what the candidates are. I, I, I don't know if this, this Gruden rumor that was kind of floating around yesterday was actually real or not. Um, so I can't really give you any any update on what the situation is there. Yeah, Gruden was the one that puzzled me. Like, how does this guy continue to, to – how does his name – I mean, I don't know who his agent is, but kudos to that guy. <laughs> I think it's uh, – is it uh, 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 Bob Lamont maybe? I'm not sure. I believe it might be. But, yeah, it's – John's an interesting guy, obviously, and I think he still feels like he could come in and, and – uh, you know, whip an offense into shape, and and he probably could. I think you know, even if there are some dated elements to his offense, <laughs> you know, some of those were the staple of of the modern passing game for decades. So yeah. I think he hasn't forgotten some of that. All right, we're talking with Eric Edholm of NFL.com. If you were a beat reporter for an NFL team and you had your choice of Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Belichick, or Harbaugh. Which one would you like to see on the team you're covering on a day-to-day basis? Harbaugh. I mean, he's a he's a strange guy, and like he says 
interesting and unusual things. You know, controversy seems to kind of follow him. I'd have no shortage of things to write about. You know, all those guys can be difficult, even Pete. I mean, Pete obviously can be more effusive and, and will kind of help you out and sort of give you a little bit more energy in the, in the press conferences, too, than, than some of those other guys. I think Vrabel's probably the straightest shooter, but I don't know. Whenever I ask Pete questions at the uh, you know at the combine or the Super Bowl, he seems to kind of roll his eyes. I don't know that I, I that he and I would be a great match, but Vrabel fascinates me. Obviously, he's he's got some old school qualities. He's got some new school qualities about him. I think he's the the, the, the best long term match of that group because of his age. Um, but. And his pedigree as a player, obviously. You know, I mean, college coordinator, NFL head coach, had success. But Harbaugh would bring the buzz as far as what's this guy going to do next kind of call. I don't, Belichick doesn't have that. That would wear off after a certain point. He's still the hoodie. He's the genius. A new town will embrace him for, you know, at least six months, right, until the game starts, and we'll see. But I, I think of those four – Harbaugh and Vrabel would be the two that I would probably want to cover the most. I was not too excited about what happened this weekend. There were the this, this six games. Five were non-competitive, really. We had one close game. Five of the six uh, home teams won. What about this weekend? Four games, two Saturday, two Sunday. Do you see any of the road teams winning? Yeah, I thought it was a really impactful first round. Like, there was a lot of big storylines, but you're right. I mean, the fourth quarter drama really wasn't there. You know, there's some big spreads this weekend, right? I mean, I think the the Niners are favored by more more than a touchdown. Uh, I think the, the Ravens are favored by about the same amount, 9, 10 points. Um, Detroit, Tampa is, you know, one of those interesting games where you say, look, Detroit may have faced its toughest challenge already. I'm not saying Tampa can't win that game. They can. Of course they can. But would I give them a a high chance? I don't think I would. I think Detroit sort of slayed that first big dragon, and now they feel like they're they're emboldened. They can take on anybody. They could, you know, they could could whip the Bucs. They beat them by two touchdowns without Jameer Gibbs and without David Montgomery most of the game. You know, I mean, in Tampa. That's you know, who knows? Lots happened since week six, but still, I keep that in the back of my, my mind. Um, and, you know, it just obviously Kansas City Buffalo is, is probably the, the best chance of those games to become a classic. But you never know in this league, obviously. I, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. I think the matchups are great. Uh, I think Jordan Love's going to go ball out in San Francisco, and it's going to be a fun one out there. We should get some, some better closer, tighter games, I think, this week. Three quarterbacks in particular really stuck out to me that I, I just didn't see totally coming. Love, you mentioned, Mayfield and Stroud. Of the three, who has the best game this weekend? Who was the second one? Stroud, Mayfield, and Love. Oh, Mayfield. Yeah, I didn't hear you said. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Baker played pretty well, especially with the early drops, you know, like in that game. I mean, I... You know, I felt like he kept his composure, and there's there's still some times where you'd love to see him throw the ball away and, you know, fight for another day. And But he's a battler, man. I, it's really pretty. It's, it's, you kind of have to 
know what you're getting with Baker, but he's super competitive, and, and I feel like this has been, a, been his best season. He may have had a little bit more gaudy statistics one year in Cleveland, I think his third year, but I would say in terms of just steady improvement throughout the year, he's been really good. He's earned himself another contract. That's, that's all you want when you see a guy sign for a year and win the starting job. Like, you hope he does well. Jordan Love, look, I mean, by – I think it was like week eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that range. I can't remember exactly where it was when the Packers, Brian Gutekunst, their GM, kind of came out and said, yeah, Jordan's got to play better down the stretch. I mean, they it was like two months ago they called him out and said, we want to see more. All he did was throw for 18 touchdowns, one pick over the last, you know, eight, nine games or whatever. Second half of the season was mostly brilliant. A couple little hiccups here and there, but still so much more confidence. Throwing like we used to see Aaron Rodgers throw in his heyday. You know, exciting plays, vertical shots, athleticism, guts. He's got it. And he's going to go back home. He's from Bakersfield. And, and I think gives the 49ers a handful. So, you know, with, with, with Stroud, I would argue that he was fine against the Ravens week one. He was great against the Texans in the second half of that game. And I swear, since that point on, <laughs> you know, there haven't been too many, uh, too many bad ones along the way. The Jets game, obviously. But it, it's the, the level of poise, maturity, uh, you know, confidence, too, I think, just in terms of, like, you know, follow me. We got this kind of leadership. He's been just an absolute joy to watch. Not that Love has him, not that Mayfield's not a blast, but of the three, you give me one of the one guy to watch. I think I'm picking C.J. Stroud. Love would be a close second, but man, this kid's different. And have we not seen that game against Georgia? I don't know that I would have had him listed above Bryce Young in my final rankings. I don't think I would have. I think that I try not to let one game change a view of, of a prospect, but that was an important game for, for his um, projection in the NFL, I think. All right, Eric, before we let you go, uh, channel your inner journalist here. What uh, was the best, what was the better or worst question, depending on your perspective, a, a sports reporter, and I use the word sports in air quotes, was uh, asked Todd Bowles if he was concerned about the cold weather in Detroit. <laughs> or or Mike Tomlin, I guess there was a question there. All that I heard was, do you have one year left on your contract? Which 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 is the better question? Uh, yeah, the, the well. Which one's the better content? The I gotta be, I, Brooke Fryer, I know Brooke. She, I'm pretty sure that was her who asked, she who asked. And she was attempting to kind of frame the question. So I give her a little bit of a, a journalistic hat tip. It's, it's tough in those situations, emotional, post-game. I always try to give really tidy, short questions, especially when the coach loses. You know, you don't like making them any more angry, but – you know, considering Detroit has not played outdoors in about 53 years or whatever, it's been, <laughs> I think if, if you cover the NFL or have done it for any more than a day, I think that's one of those things you may want to learn. So, yeah, that was a, that was a tough one that made me laugh. All right. For, for all that information and much more, where can they go to get all NFL news? NFL.com, baby, or, or download the app. Check us on the uh, the, the NFL Fast Channel. That's where uh, Andrew Siciliano and I do our – power ranking show and 
Yeah, downloaded for the podcast as well, and uh, I'll, be, I'll be seeing you guys in a couple weeks at a mobile. Yeah, you know, you might want to pack a jacket. This isn't the tropical paradise it is up there in Chicago. We're in the early, we're in the low twenties. We're getting to the teens tomorrow, so uh, this is, is big right? boy weather. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is that's kind of my weather, man. I mean, I'm right. It was minus six the last two days here in Chicago, so I'm. I'm very well stocked on winter wear, but I had no idea it was well, that cold. So I'm excited. This is good news for me. I know it's bad for you, but sorry. You're, you're so competitive. Why are you stepping on my moment? I tell you it's in the teens. You're like, well, it's <laughs> negative six. I'm here. Always stepping on my moment, Eric. Hey, you got to build the tension before our big big hangout in Mobile. Then we kind of we go, oh, now we're buddies. We're friends. Right. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Meanwhile, uh, the Alabama basketball coach over here just tossing Missouri players around last night. That's what I figured. Yeah, I figured you were going to pull a NATO on me when you saw me. Just shove me out of the huddle and just be like, Aiden Shaw, take off. Get out of here, man. <laughs> exactly. Pretty you know me game. too well. Pretty good game for about 30, 34 minutes. It was really entertaining basketball. Yeah, clearly you. we've been doing radio together way too long that you knew exactly where I was going to go with that one. But, uh, hey, <laughs> we'll see you in a couple weeks. See you guys too, man. All right, man. That's Eric at home. We appreciate him coming aboard. One final segment. It'll be a short one. Caleb Downs in the portal. Uh, NATO shoving flares. That <laughs> eh, might be a little bit of a distortion of the truth there. We'll clarify when we come back. It's the opening kickoff. Hi, this is Juan Sierra, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP. And a final chance for you guys to jump in at 694-1055. Got a story coming out of Auburn that's very confusing and certainly something we should look into tomorrow. It's been rumored that Derek Nix would leave Ole Miss and join Hugh Freeze, who he was with at Ole Miss, come on as the offensive coordinator. So uh, Matt Cohen has released a story on L.com, but the announcement came from Ole Miss. It did not come from Auburn. And in the announcement, it says that, and this is from Ole Miss, that Derek Nix will be calling plays for Auburn. Now, we've already talked about Hugh Freeze saying he's going to do the play calling next year. In the, uh, in the statement, apparently, according to Matt Cohen's story, Mark, he says something to the effect that there is a uh, buyout if Derek Nix leaves to become an offensive coordinator, but not calling plays. There's where the confusion is. Yeah, so they avoid the buyout. So they yeah. beat Auburn to the punch. It's low down. It's dirty. They're snitches, to, to borrow a phrase from a popular uh, popular, popular saying. But, yeah, so what they did was they, they got a little proactive. It's it's kind of sneaky and low down, to be honest with you. But So that's why they sent out the, uh, the, the statement to avoid any buyout. And but now, and again, here's Freeze going on record saying, I'm calling plays. Right. So now, I mean, you can get around this and say, yeah, Derek's going to call plays. He'll call the first play of the game or something like that. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's but it's really very confusing. Yeah, well, it, it, it's not confusing as much as it's it's just it shows you the the ugly side of the business has reared its its head here is is what's happening. To buy out an, uh, an offensive coordinator, that's kind of rare, isn't it? Well. They're trying not to buy him out. I mean, they're 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 trying to avoid any any financial burden here, which is why they sent out the statement before Auburn. Can. Now, it does 
So now Auburn needs to come back. I, I think at the end of the day, I think it all gets sorted out because he's going to go back to Ole Miss and be like, I ain't calling plays. So um, I just think it was him. I think it was Kiffin sending the – making the uh, – Maybe he drew first blood on this one. Doesn't Kiffin call plays at all at yeah. Ole Miss? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Caleb Downs, you can comment on that. Caleb Downs hits the portal. Uh, there aren't a lot of you out there that are surprised, but it's a huge loss for Alabama. It's as big a – you could argue it's probably the biggest loss. I mean, I know Bond was – It's bigger. It's uh, bigger than Bond, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but uh, this guy was nothing – I've never heard media, people that surround this team – talk about a freshman the way they talk about Caleb Downs. Yeah, I think Bond was replaceable, for lack of a better word. Uh, Downs is, is not. So, yeah. uh, Alright, so what's cooking for tomorrow, uh, Shervanian? What's tomorrow, Thursday? Time, we've know. got uh, Feinbaum. I've heard of him. He, uh, he joins us. Eli Gold, talk about the uh, new Alabama coach. Uh, also, Doug Kunkel from Jag Jungle to get his take on where he thinks South Alabama may go searching. It's crazy that the Alabama and South Alabama stories are so intertwined now. I mean, it's a, I guess it's a good thing. You know whose fault it is? Nick Saban. If, is he, didn't it? if he didn't retire, we wouldn't even be This is something we it. need to get in tomorrow. If and when, when our GOAT, Lee Trevanian, retires, what kind of unintended consequences will incur, right? Like what you blame this on, on Saban, what's going to wind up happening around here when you retire that we can blame on you? Yeah, I don't blame Saban, but uh, I mean, you can pr see pretty clearly the position that has left the most is defensive backs, and I get it. I mean, you're a DB, you came to Alabama to get coached by Nick Saban, so. So, Lee, are, are you going to want an office in the building when you retire, just to, <laughs> just to hang out? No, no, no or I'm a cubicle not, or whatever. I, I'm not driving 20 minutes to come to an office here. Y you want something that maybe in the studio? Maybe it'll be the Shervanian studio. That's Ooh. what we'll do. Welcome in into the, the opening kickoff. Me. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Lee Shervanian Studio at WNSP 105.5. Well, the problem there is uh, with other, let's say, radio stations, they like to give it to an, a sponsor so they get money off of yeah, it. So well, that's not going to happen with me. But obviously the sales manager may say, look, if we're going to have the uh, studio named after. Let's go after a client. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe it's the Lee Shervanian microphone. That's what we'll do. I'm broadcasting from the Leisure Iranian microphone at the studios of this sponsor. At w That's a mouthful. Well, if I can come to work in teen or 20-degree weather, I think I'll be around for a little while. I'm going to wait till it warms up. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, we have them till at least March, ladies and gentlemen. All right, fear not. Back tomorrow for more. We appreciate you guys hanging in with us, and uh, stay warm out there. Back at 6 tomorrow. Until then, see ya. Hey,